um, it was it was a special year, and I, I think it it sets us up to to have some good momentum going into the into the off season, and our and our guys are going to embrace that. Um, we're going to work like we haven't worked before, and you guys know the standard of of work here for us. So I think that's going to say a lot, and and I'm excited to move forward. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No Bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? Happening, guys. It's Logan Robinson. Here, the Spirit presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are here live on a wonderful Wednesday evening. We've got a special guest with you guys. We kind of hinted at it last week. If you guys are in the Discord, you knew ahead of time. But we've got FSU quarterbacks coach Tony Tokars with us this evening. Tony, been trying to have you on for a little while now, and, and you know it worked out. And definitely after an impressive season like you guys had, uh, super excited to have you on here, Tony. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So what what does it look like after the season's over? Do you do you get a mental break or is it immediately to recruiting? I always wonder how that is for you guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it never really stops. Um, but the the changing gears, I guess the shifting of gears is 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 refreshing too. Um, but I mean, we, we just we just finished a season with with a lot of growth and some good momentum headed into Obviously, the the recruiting focus is the that's the period of time that we're in right now. But I mean, great momentum going into that, going into our offseason workouts with our guys. And uh, I mean, we, we just got to keep going and be consistent with it. I just wanted to ask uh, out of the gate, you know, Jordan, obviously announced he'd be returning for the 2023 season back in December. When did you find out that he was going to be coming back for another year? And just how big is this to, to have him back starting for, I believe, the fourth consecutive season? Right. Um, I couldn't pinpoint the exact time. It was kind of a, a fluid conversation, everything. I mean, um, his focus, I mean, it's, it's, it's impressive. His focus throughout the season was on the game at hand, the week at hand. And I think he just kind of, he took things day by day. I don't want to put words in his mouth or speak for him, but, um, at the same time he was, you could tell he was focused on, on what was at hand, but I mean, he had a plan and, and I mean, we're we're all fired up about it. He's probably the I said it earlier. He's probably the number one recruit we had in this year's class. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. what do you what do you think that did to the team? The aftermath from him announcing that to the fan base. What was that reaction from the team? And do you think that kind of helped with a few guys announcing their return? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that just Jordan as a person um, and as a leader, strip football away. You know, I mean, he's he's a, a great individual. He's tough. He's smart. He cares about other people and cares about the success of other people. And so when you're playing with a guy like that, 
I mean, it, it makes it somebody that you want to go out and put your best foot forward. And I think with, with some of the other key key returners that we had, it definitely it played a role in it. I mean, Jordan's been through the fire and um, he's he's shown the he's shown the climb. He's been um, the epitome of it and everything. And um, it, it's 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 exciting to have him back. Makes me a better coach. That's for sure. Um, but I mean, I, I think it definitely played a role. And I mean, we're excited to see see this going forward. Yeah, and you kind of talked about it, but obviously it's not just Jordan <clears throat> Jordan coming back, Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, Jared Verse, Fabian Lovett, a ton of guys that are experienced and have produced that are going to be coming back for this team in 2023. How much do you think it says about the culture that's been instilled at Florida State by you, by Mike Norvell, the other coaching staff, even the players um, policing themselves? How much has that culture paid off in this for some guys to maybe even turn down an NFL future now to come back for Florida State for another year? Right. I think, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That's, that is the reason. It is the culture. Um, it is a culture that's driven by people and by relationships. Um, winning is, is obviously important, and that's, that's key for all of us, coaches, players, the program. I mean, Yes, you want to see that scoreboard where you have more points than the other team every week. Um, but really, to get to that point, you got to lay the foundation with people and with culture, whether it's coaches that care for each other, coaches that care for the players, players that care for the coaches. I mean, it's all inclusive. And I mean, at, at the end of the day for us, it is how can I push myself and how, how can I push the people around me to be the best version of themselves? Um, and that's something that I think that that this program is is living out. And it starts with just how you care about the person next to you. Going back to this season and the season that you had, what was it like seeing Jordan Travis and the improvement? And when did you see it, his kind of hunger change? It felt like something changed mentally. We were watching at practice and Mike Norvell, a few of the assistant coaches would also talk on him about kind of playing ticked off at practice. And it kind of happened in the middle of the season there. And during the losing stretch, what do you think, you saw from Jordan Travis saying, Oh, something, something switched. Where, where do you think that was in the season? I think, I mean, he, he's always had that competitive fire, that competitive edge. Um, we went on that three game skid. And in my opinion, I mean, he realized not that he didn't before, but I mean, he, he really started to take true ownership in everything. Um, in his preparation and the way that he came out to work, how it affected his teammates, um, holding his teammates accountable, um, and us as coaches holding holding each other and holding our players accountable. I mean, that's that's a huge part of it. But I mean, a guy like Jordan, just with with his competitiveness and his grit and everything, I think that um, he he just willed this program and this team to to continue to to climb like we did. And um, that's that's all credit to that kid because it's easy to when things aren't going well to find what's wrong as long as it's not you, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but he, he, he kind of kicked it into another gear and um, was, was, he's always been critical of himself, but I mean, was, was truly, truly driven to, to be the best him um, Sunday to Sunday, every single day, you know, um, which is, which is obviously really cool to coach. Um, but yeah, I couldn't pinpoint an exact time, but I mean, he's, he's had that, it's that fire, it's that drive that he has. I wanted to jump back a little bit further on Jordan Travis because you got to Florida State, I believe, in December 2019, when uh, shortly after Mike Norvell 
was hired. So just going through those initial weeks, months, even years, because you spent the first two years, obviously, as a senior offensive analyst before taking over as quarterbacks coach this past season. When was it that you first realized that Jordan had this potential to to be a special quarterback and now potentially be a guy that leaves Florida State as the all-time leader in touchdowns scored by a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, pretty early on, you you recognize the the God given talents, right? I mean, super explosive athlete. I mean, you, you can put him in a phone booth or out in a, a, a farm field. You know what I mean? And it's going to be pretty hard to touch him either way. Um, and and then just the growth that he made and how he pushed himself just over the last year and a half, two years to get to the point where he's at right now. Um, I couldn't pinpoint an exact time, but what he showed was somebody that was willing to put in the work, somebody that was willing to be held accountable and coached. Um, and, and ultimately that's, that's helped his progress. Um, so I think he's, he is the product of, of one, somebody that, that hasn't given up because it wasn't always easy. Um, but at the same time, he's the product of somebody uh, working his tail off and, and trusting his preparation. And then when his opportunities came, he capitalized on them. Um, and, and, and so I'd, I'd say I'd say that about Jordan. I mean, couldn't exactly pinpoint it, but I mean, special player. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, going to some of the practices, we get to go to quite a few. Minor Bell uh, really lenient with us and allows us to get really good analysis to, to create content like this. But mm -hmm. going to practice, how could you explain one from a coach's perspective to FSU fans? Because we've had players on air. We've had we had Trayshawn Ward earlier this season and Jakai Douglas, and you know they tell it. Yeah, it's it's tough. It makes us ready for Saturdays. But from your perspective, what do you think a practice under Mike Norvell is? And was it kind of shocking to see kind of how he runs things or was you kind of adjusted and now now you're rolling? I think with 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 coach and just our philosophy and, and how we practice in general is to to strain the players more than than what they'd see on Saturdays. Um put them in adverse situations, whether that's actually true situational football or just competitive drills, one-on-one -on -one, group drills, whatever that is. Um, I, I think the the fact that there's no wasted time in practice, there's you don't see a lot of walking on that field. Um, and I mean, even like with, with, with my guys, with the quarterbacks, we're in special teams period, but we're very calculated on how we're gonna use our individual, um, what is actual physical work, and then how we can tie in the mental side of it to the physical work, to the fundamental drill work, uh, all, all of those things. Um, but I'd say just the the intensity at which we practice and how we try and strain our players um, and, and, and challenge them. Because, I mean, if you can put them in adverse situations on a consistent basis throughout the practice week and, and get those guys competing against each other on, on Saturdays, we've already faced the toughest situations. We've already faced the best opponents. You hear about all the great Florida State teams uh, former players talk about what separated them from everybody else. And they always said it was practice. It was, it was how we practiced and competed against each other. And then when Saturday came, it was one team. They were all together pushing for the same goal. Um, but they, they pushed each other before that point and it helped their, their success on game day. Definitely. And obviously, you know, you're really familiar with Mike Norvell having worked with him dating back to your time at Memphis and really a variety of roles. In 2019, you were the tight ends coach elected to come here to Florida State in an off-field role before, you know, eventually now working yourself up the quarterbacks coach here. 
in Tallahassee. So can you just talk about the journey it's been like um, under Mike Norvell ever since Memphis kind of to now and, and the growth that both of you have, have made over those years? Right. Um, similar to the question that you asked about Jordan coming back and how it affected his decision and just with it being a, a people-driven program, I guess. Um, in this profession, you can go a lot of different ways. You can take um, – there's a lot of different opportunities that 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 show up for me, whether it was when I when I chose to stay at Memphis with with Coach Norvell or, or come here and take an off the field role. I knew I was choosing a high caliber human being, somebody that very similar to Jordan, somebody that that cares about the success of others, that wants to see people become the best version of themselves. And he's going to challenge you. I mean, just like coach challenges the. The, the players to be the best version of themselves, he challenges the coaches. I mean, and that's not just in football. He, he wants to find ways to help grow and develop us as men, whether it's me, one of the younger guys on the staff, or, or, or a coach that's been doing it for 25 years, 30 years, you know. Um, and, and so for that, I mean, I just have so much respect for that man and, and the belief and, and confidence that he's had in me and, and just everything that he's poured into me. Um, to, to, to make me the best version of me. Um, and so, I mean, the, the decision was easy, even though it was an off-the-field role to come here and everything. I, I knew exactly where I stood, and, and I knew the vision. I believed in the vision, um, even though it didn't, always, it didn't always come to fruition early on here. Um, he does things from the heart, and he cares. And if you're around good people that work hard and, and, and care about other people, Things will, things will fall into place, and I think you're starting to see that here in Tallahassee now. Yeah, and like you said, it didn't always go right in those first two years. So for this year, to win 10 games, to get back to the postseason, beat a national brand like Oklahoma and the Cheez-It Bowl, and especially with how some of the games went down to the wire, um, how much did, did it feel you know, for you, the rest of the coaching staff, to have a season like this? I mean, it's – it's special, but people don't realize all the time how hard it is to win 10 games in college football. Um, and it's special. I mean, our guys are are going to change that number up on the wall of 10 win seasons here at Florida State. Uh, that's something that we talked about a little bit as a program. And and that's that's credit to obviously the coaches, but the kids. I mean, to be a 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old kid and and things don't always go your way especially in today's day and age, it's really easy to, to take the easy way out. Um, and, and our players, the guys that, that stuck it, stuck it out, that, that stood up for each other, that cared about each other, that continued to push, push each other. I mean, you're seeing the, the, the fruits of their labor um, now in a, in a 10 win season. And was it perfect? No. I mean, we all know that there's, there's plenty that we can all work on and everything, whether it's coaches or players or, or whatever the case, but I mean, um, it was it was a special year, and I, I think it it sets us up to to have some good momentum going into the into the off season, and our and our guys are going to embrace that. Um, we're going to work like we haven't worked before, and you guys know the standard of of work here for us. So I think that's going to say a lot, and and I'm excited to move forward. Someone that stuck around for quite a long while and had the roller coaster ride, and now is going to enter into the NFL draft uh, is going to be Pokey. 
what a season for him. The big plays that we were in New Orleans and the show that he put on yeah. nationally was, yeah. was was incredible to watch. But I, I just respect him for staying. You know, you had a big wide receiver transfer class coming in. He decides to stay a veteran guy and competes and ends up keeping his starting job and now has the season that he did and isn't maybe talked about a whole ton, but uh, you know, that, that just kind of goes with how the wide receiver room changed on the Ron Dugans this season. Yeah. What, what do you say about Pokey in the season that he put through in the career at Florida state? Just the, the growth that, that we've seen from Pokey from when we first got here to, to now him taking the steps to, to go prepare himself for the next level. I mean, it, it's been tremendous um, as a person, as a player, there was an instance um, early in fall camp uh, where I was coaching up my, a, a group for a ball security circuit, ball security drill. And I start correcting one of the younger players. It was his first time doing the drill and his partner was pokey. And as I'm starting to apply the correction, I see pokey behind him, talking to him, coaching him up through the drill. And so I kind of, once I realized what, what, what was happening, I took a step back and I let Pokey kind of take ownership of that moment. And it was something that was pointed out to the group later. Um, but I think that, 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 I mean, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now. <laughs> that, that instance right there, I, I think it showed a lot about Pokey. It showed a lot about our program, um, embracing, challenging each other, coaching each other, holding each other accountable. And, and then as something as, as monotonous as a ball security circuit can get throughout the season, it's something that he took ownership of in that moment, um, which I think was really impressive. But I'm, a, I'm super excited to see how things turn out for Polk. Um, he's, he's a guy that's been through some adversity and everything, and, and, and we are obviously really blessed and, and thankful for, for his contributions to our program. I wanted to ask about one of my favorite moments of the season – you know, Friday night in Louisville, Jordan Travis goes down in the first half. You're trailing 21 to 14 at halftime. And then Tate Rodemaker, five out of eight in the second half, two touchdowns, no turnovers, is able to lead the team to a massive comeback win and, and what looked like an improbable scenario at the time. So to see him do that and that moment in a big stage where he had to step in unexpectedly, I mean, what did that mean to you, you know, especially in your first season as quarterbacks coach? I mean, in our room, we talk about being prepared, even though whether you're the starter, whether you're running scout team, whatever it is, you got to prepare as if you're going to start. Um, and and Tate has has been through his share of adversity in his career so far here at Florida State. And I mean, he's another guy that that just refused to quit, refused to give up. What can I do to get better coach? Um takes ownership of the coaching um, and, and and then works his best to apply it. And then just, I mean, leading into that week, I felt like it was one of his better weeks of preparation up to that point and up and up until that point in time. Um, and when, when he got out there, he made some plays. I mean, a lot of people don't realize it, but the first play that he goes into the game, he throws a, a, a corner route to Johnny Wilson. And I mean, it's it's a hair off, but I mean, he's he's standing in there and just rips it. And I think what that shows is just the confidence that he's built within himself, within the system, the scheme um, and the guys around him see that. Um, so with with Tate, I'm excited to, to see his continued growth and and to see how he can continue to push other guys himself and other guys in our room. Going to a young guy in your room, A.J. Duffy, got to see him in the spring, fall, practice, 
all that kind of stuff and got a little bit of playing time in 2022. What is the biggest part in growth that you've seen from him since arriving in Tallahassee to you, Tony? Sure. Just applying meeting room to field. I mean, any, any freshman that comes in, I don't care if you're, if you're a, a linebacker, if you're a wide receiver, whatever it is, quarterback. I mean, it's one thing to, to do it in the meeting room and, and to talk through scheme and talk through film. But at the end of the day, the game is still fast when you get out there as, as, as a young guy. Um, and I think just as the season progressed and went on, it starts to slow down for him a little bit. Um, that's why I'm excited for the spring for age because he'll get a chance to get out there, get a good bit of reps and everything and um, continue that growth. I mean, I think that the more, especially with quarterback, it's really any position, but especially with quarterback, once the game slows down, you can get to that point at this position where you're almost dictating the game. You know, you already know what your answers are because you've gone over it so many times in your head or in a meeting or taking the reps mentally or physically. And then now he gets a chance to to go out there and continue to build on that. So I'm I'm super excited just to watch AJ grow, continue to push him and push the rest of that room. And we've talked about the majority of the quarterback rooms. Let's talk about the latest addition here. Um, you guys got a big flip late in the fall, um, getting Brock Glenn from Ohio State. How big was it to flip him? You know, obviously he made that commitment to Ohio State over the summer and you guys continued to pursue and, and were able to pull that off. Yeah. And what do you feel like he's going to add to the room, especially getting here as an early enrollee in January? I think, I mean, I hate using the term flip, but I mean, at, at, at the end of the day with Brock, his recruitment was unique just because of the amount of connecting pieces we had with, with him and here at, at Florida State. Um, it was a it was truly just a relationship based recruitment. I mean, he was a kid that we were familiar with um, pretty early on in the process and just the, the communication stayed consistent. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, we were able to, to come out on top. I mean, I think what he brings to the room is he's competitive. He is tough. Um, the dude is, is a football guy. I mean, I think I told you guys earlier at one point, I'm, I'm doing the home visit and he's got a uh, he's got a, a big whiteboard like one that you see in a coach's office and every visit he went on he would come back and draw plays that he learned um, which I think is, is 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 pretty cool I mean and the dude just I mean he's a football guy um, I, I think that that his addition to the room will will continue to to, to push everybody and he, just like I mean, just like any freshman, he's going to go through his lumps and um, go through his, his his growing pains. But I think the the number one thing that you're going to see in that room is just the the competitiveness and the toughness. And that's not just Brock; that's everybody else. Um, because, in my opinion, whether I'm, you can agree or disagree, but I think that to to be a great quarterback, one of the key characteristics that you can have is to be a tough person. Um, generally, when you're a tough person, physically, mentally, emotionally whatever that combination is with that usually comes some form of leadership. Um, and I think like you can just look at Jordan Travis, for example. Um, I don't think anybody can really question him as a leader for us. And, and he's displayed that toughness and it's something that, that some guys just have it, but also you got to go through some stuff too, you know, mm -hmm. and, and Jordan has, and, and that's continued to callous him and um, it's helped him. So, um, but yeah, excited about the room. I mean, this is going to be a, this is going to be a fun spring. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I talked with you after early signing day about one of these players on the same side of the field, true freshman coming in, a target that might be a future one for Glenn, Hakeem Williams, uh, a player that stuck with his commitment to you guys and a lot of schools across the country, obviously trying to hit him up consistently, trying to get him to flip to another program, and he ends up sticking with you guys. What do you say about Hakeem Williams just as a person, the way that he held that commitment and, and stuck with Florida State and Magnervelle and you and then also, as a player, you look at film, what does he bring onto the field? I mean, he's he's another one, just the the relationship piece of it. I mean, Coach Dugans did a great job with with him and his family. Um, Coach Atkins, Coach Rubel. I mean, I think one of the things that when you when you look back at Hakeem or or, or as you get to know him is you're gonna you're gonna see that he's a person that genuinely cares about other people. Um we were talking offline earlier. My wife is pregnant and uh, he, he's already calling him little bro. You know, always every time he's seen my wife, he's he's asked how how she's doing. How's how's the baby going to be like? I mean, he, he genuinely takes 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 time to show that he cares. And, and it's real um, from the physical standpoint. I mean, it, it's it's going to be fun having him as another weapon. I mean, you get a, a big, long guy that. Um, he can take the top off. He can do things if you get the ball in his hands now. Um, it's going to be an exciting weapon to have. And, I mean, I think as, as you guys have seen, the versatility that that we can use guys in coaches' offense, I mean, we'll find ways to get guys the ball. Um, that's, that, that certainly won't be an issue. So um, it'll be a fun tool. We just got to get it to them, right? Feels like this Florida State coaching staff really enjoys working together and is really in sync with one another. So what's that relationship like the coaching balance between you offensive coordinator, Alex Atkins and Mike Norvell? It's, I, I think it comes down to, we're all just, we're comfortable in our own skin. We don't have to pretend to be that somebody that we're not. Um, you can put ego aside. I mean, at the end of the day, coaches offense is it's shown to be elite. Um, our job is to, to go out and execute it in his vision. Um, he he does a great job, and I mean, I really tip the cap to him on this. Is he's he's run this system, and and obviously it's it's grown and evolved over the years and everything. But I mean, he listens too. I mean, if if if, if we have an idea or something pops up and and it fits with what we want to do schematically, his ears are open. Um, and and that's that's not always the case. I mean, any coach can attest to that. But I think what it comes down to is just the fact that we're. We're, we're so comfortable with who we are as individuals and we all bring something a little bit different to the table, um, personality wise, football wise, everything. So it's, it's, it is a, a, a great atmosphere to work in. Um, our staff meetings are, are, are pretty good. Um, and, and I love these guys, man. It's like to, to work for a guy like Alex Atkins. I mean, he is, he's, a, he's awesome. I can't say enough good things about him and, um, Again, I've, I've said it a couple times about our kids, but it's true with our, our staff, too. You care about other people, and you know that other people care. I mean, you get a chance to do some special things. So, I was going to ask real quick, who, who's the loudest at practice? Is it Mike or is it Coach JP? Because I've always kind of tried to figure this out. Well, now that's what I'm really analyzing up there during practice, Tony. That's what I'm using my time. Can't forget about Odell, though. Odell, you can usually hear him across the one practice, but you usually can. I don't know. I might. I mean, <laughs> Coach JP can 
can, can, can get up there pretty good. But speed. I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody can ever match. I, I don't know if anybody can ever match uh match Coach Marvell. So <laughs> no, probably probably not. Probably not. I've only got uh two more actually. One will be a quick one, real quick. What's your favorite spot to eat in Tallahassee? You've been here for a while now. There's gotta be one, a go-to. The wife likes to go to and you now, got, pregnancy yeah. cravings. So I'm gonna be totally honest with you. And it uh, can be fast food. That's fine. That's it, fine. It, it is fast food-ish. Okay. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the wings at the Hobbit. Oh, okay. Now I'm, hey. a, big, I'm a big wings guy. Love wings. Were, so we love we love Hobbit. We literally actually love Hobbit. We had them on as a sponsor last year. So okay. they need to renew uh, for more like need- this. Golly, I know. Yeah, the wings. What what sauce are we getting though? I'm a I'm a, a medium fiesta guy. I like the uh, I think it's the honey bourbon as well. That's one yeah. you can never go wrong with the garnet and gold. I no, mean, you you almost have to get garnet and gold, right? Yeah, so, you have to. But, so boneless or bone in? Bone in, man. Come on now. Oh, thank bone, you. Come on, man. Thank you. Jeez. Oh goodness, yeah, that's a sad. I don't know why that's even a debate. That's just chicken nuggets with. <laughs> just sauce have to. We've got to ask. Yeah, no, but I'll I'll end off on on my end here, Tony. And appreciate you hanging on with us for thirty minutes now. Truly appreciate that. I know the listeners are going to love this. Uh, what are you What are you looking forward to the most going into next season? Obviously, you've got a big off season ahead, and Coach Storms has a lot to work with, and I know he's excited. But what What do you look looking forward to once you're into twenty? 2023 season and get going there what what excites you personally yeah i mean the 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 faces will change um the opponents will will change and everything but the thing that that honestly excites me the most is just another opportunity to go out and be the best us um we 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 set a, a high bar for us here um after this past season but we also know what the standard is at florida state um we know what our our own standard is from an individual standpoint, and that's that's excellence. Um, so it starts day by day, um, whether it's a play in practice or a rep in the weight room. I mean, just just challenging ourselves to to push and be be better than we've been. Um, be better tomorrow, or be better today than we were yesterday. Be better tomorrow than we were today. You know. So I I, I think that that that's what excites me most is is the opportunity to to go out and do that. And I guess, I mean, my question's kind of similar, but, you know, I know you guys would never say this, but compared to the national media, people mm-hmm. could say that Florida State maybe overperformed a little bit in 2022 and maybe was flying a little bit under the radar. But now you guys are on the radar and, you know, you're you're as much as the hunted, quote unquote, as you were the hunter this season. So do you feel like going into this offseason, all these expectations, you're already seeing these I don't know if you see it, but these two early top 25s and Florida State's in the in the top five. Do you feel like you guys have to have a different mentality entering this offseason? Sure. I mean, it's out there. Um, but the focus, just like it is in season, just like it is all the time here, the focus is on us. Um, we're the only ones that can beat us when it, when it comes down to it. Um, and, and, and if we focus on us and, like I said earlier, be, being the best version of ourselves – um, the rest takes care of itself. Um, and you know what? If things don't go our way, but we're the best version of us, that's that's something that you can look back and look in the mirror with and and, and live with that, right? But um, I know everybody talks about expectations and, and, and all that. I mean, the expectation here is to, 
to be the best version of ourselves. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's all I got. I really got to say about that, but I mean, it's gonna, it'll be a fun off season. We'll be able to get after it pretty good. And I mean, season spring balls right around the corner too. And I mean, there, there's, there's going to be opportunity, but um, with what we do with, with each individual day and, and our growth in that day, can we be better in that day? That's what's truly important. Well, Tony, uh, super appreciative of you hopping on here with yeah. us. This was incredible. I know the chat is loving it too. So appreciate you coming on and spending 30 minutes with us on a work day late at night like this. So, uh, Tony, oh, looking good. forward to hopefully having you on in the future and good luck. Maybe get a little break and good luck with having the little one too very, yeah. very soon. So, best of luck. I hey, I got one question though. Okay. Oh, no. So, so Dustin, are you a boneless guy? I'm a versatile guy. Okay. All right. You're multiple. Uh, Depending on the situation. Uh, the last depending time we on went, the wing uh, place that we go to, Hobbit, I will do some bone in. I'll switch it up and will. do boneless every now and then. It shouldn't be you will. You will. It's just like, yeah, I'll get that. It's just that should be mandatory. Oh. Just how it should be. Come on. I'm an ever changing man. You know, different <laughs> moves require different foods. <laughs> i guess so well you'll be sitting out there in that hot ass sun too whenever uh you're getting out there for recruiting uh, enjoy the coolness now d lou enjoy now yeah tony just trots out and then comes back in it's just they let us in every now and then but we'll see what happens slide me a key card on saturday if you can tony yeah i'm sure that i'll remember that yeah. All right, Tony, before we get you in trouble, let's let you go. Appreciate you, man. And uh, we'll see you soon. I'm sure. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Thanks, Tony. Sweet deal. Great, great show there. We've been looking forward to that interview for quite a while. And I know the listeners heavily interested in hearing what Tony is talking about after an awesome season, definitely working with Jordan Travis and the season he had Tate Rodemaker. I'm glad that you brought up that question about the Louisville game. Cause that was one of the most pivotal parts and, the season for me i know mm -hmm. we'll probably review it next week or, or soon but you know that what tony was able to do with with rodemaker and then obviously jordan travis what, what a year for a first year head coach head coach quarterbacks coach <laughs> golly tony not there yet moving up the ranks eventually real quick. i might be wow. a couple of years early tony i might just be a couple of years early <laughs> but yeah that was the first time ever i've ever had a guest uh, question me so Thought the interview went really well, getting some insight, especially into not only Jordan Travis, but also the quarterbacks farther back on the roster that maybe you don't hear about as much. And especially hearing more about, you know, Tokars and that connection in Norvell, how, how they kind of got started. Because, you know, it's big for Tony to be a position coach at Memphis, an on-field assistant as the tight ends coach, and then to move to Florida State in an off-field role, work his way back up to being promoted to quarterbacks coach at you know, at a high level like Florida State and the ACC, especially with where this program's going right now. Very impressive interview. A guy who's on uh, the right track and, and excited to continue following his uh, coaching career in Tallahassee. Yep, same here, absolutely. Uh, let's jump into some quick hitters, D. Lou. This won't be a crazy long pod. VZ, our co-host, is currently at the Wake Forest game right now covering that. So it hasn't started to have him. Though. No, I, I don't think he's going to pop in, though. He's making sure that he's getting his tweet pictures out and everything, which I, I would rather him do that. Don't even worry. There's too much good football stuff to be talking about here tonight. So let's jump into the big thing that happened. We've got to start chronologically. Well, there was a couple. Too. 
well, there's definitely some big things, but I think this one overall from the Twitter, FSU Twitter, the reaction it got, how the way we kept on hyping up, talking about it, articles left and right. This one's a pretty big one. Jared Verse, Florida State star defender, is going to be returning for the 2023 season for the Florida State Seminoles and Adam Fuller. On the defensive side, something that I think all of us were optimistic that it was going to happen last week ended up happening. And wow, the, the reaction, you know, I kind of felt like, I don't know, it felt more important than New Year's, everything like seeing him and, and making his announcement was huge for Florida State. And it makes a, a, a big time addition once again to Florida State's pursuit and, and pressure on the defensive side for next season. We all made our predictions last Wednesday, me, you, and Austin, and we came out three for three. All of us uh, yeah. predicted Jared Verse to return to Florida State. And, yeah, I mean, this is, a, to say the least, a huge one. You get back your best pass rusher, a guy who was disruptive off the edge the entire season. And I think it's important to remember, and, I mean, everyone knows this, but Jared Verse wasn't fully healthy the entire season. He suffered that injury against Louisville that he missed the game against Boston College, was limited there a little bit moving forward for – a couple of weeks. So we haven't even seen him really at his best. And I think Logan, you said it on the podcast last week, but coach JP coach Fuller have mentioned that he's not even at his best, you know, kind of fundamentally, fundamentally wise as a defensive end, he still got room to grow there. And still, I mean, this guy moved from the FCS to the FBS and recorded 17 tackles for loss and nine sacks last year, alongside 48 total tackles. Um, and really kind of saved his best for last there with a season-high seven tackles against Oklahoma in the bowl game. So it feels like Jared Verse is really just beginning to blossom, and you've got to be really excited with what he'll be able to do with another offseason under his belt, more experience with the coaching staff, and then look at the rest of the defensive ends. I mean, you've got Patrick Payton coming back, ACC Defensive Rookie of the Year last season. Derek McClendon, a productive veteran who's been around for a while, We'll talk. We'll get to him in a minute. But Gilbert Edmond transferring in from South Carolina, and behind that, some developmental guys: Byron Turner, Aaron Hester, Dante Anderson, uh, Lamont Green Jr., and Jaden Jones coming in. So at the top, you've got some real experience and talent there. That's you know going to create some chaotic situations for opposing offenses. And at the bottom, some real interesting developmental young talent that could be something real in the future. Mm-hmm, exactly. It feels. It feels like a, a, a mo- gigantic momentum swing. That's what it's felt like for the last couple of weeks of, of all these guys announcing the return. And then at the end, you have Jared Verse. It just feels like a huge turn into 2023 where, yeah, they are fighting to make a run here, uh, a big time run. They're reloaded and they're loading up. And that's what Mike Norvell has in plan for this. And, and his third year and, and going into his fourth I think, and we'll review it later, but I think there's just so much to look back at and see, wow, which, which areas did Mike Norvell grow the most and in different ways? And I don't know. It's just setting up to be a fun one, definitely with Jared Verse and the tenacity that he brings at practices, Dustin. Yeah. It's fun to watch, but, you know, guys respect him because he competes and doesn't take it off the field or anything. But when they get to practice, it's all competition and just the way that he brought the mentality once arriving that early kind of like acting like that to gain that respect so quickly just says something about what Mike Norvell's putting in the locker room, number one, and number two, what Jared versus as a human. That's a good point. Cause not only was he productive on the field, but he developed into such an important leader for Florida state's defense was one of those guys that brought intensity, brought passion. And it just felt like whenever he was out there, 
these guys played a little bit harder for one another. Um, you know, so yeah, to me, it speaks a lot. Cause like you said, he came into the program and instantly made that impact. It wasn't a guy maybe like Jordan Travis or Fabian Lovett who had been here for a couple years, um, growing into that role. No verse came out of the gate ready to set the tone at FSU. And we saw it in the spring, but it really blossomed and, and bubbled up there in uh, fall camp when he was getting these guys hyped up coming into practice, whether it was talking trash to the running backs, talking trash to the coaches, doing whatever he needs Atkins. to do for the team to bring the energy that he wants that, that day. And, you know, it doesn't feel fake with him. It feels very calculated and, and he uses these type of moments to bring some real energy to the team juice them up a little bit. And I, I think it's just going to be even bigger having him back in the program for another year. Um, and even in practice, you know, this is a guy, just a redshirt sophomore. It was his first year at Florida state after starting his career at the FCS level. And he's already sitting over there coaching up some of the younger guys who he's just been around for a couple months and, and they're listening to him, listening to those tips. So I think these guys believe in Jared verse. They believe in what he can do on the field and, and also, as a leader. So this return, yeah, it impacts Florida state in, in multiple ways. It sure does. Uh, let's jump into some other big news. It's just been kind of flying. Some things like this happen, What's but next? let's jump into us. We need to talk about this next defensive backs coach, because I think all of us weren't expecting maybe that to happen as maybe not as quickly as it was, but we really weren't on schedule there, but Oh, Hey, this is happening right here. And really wasn't a name that was highly talked about initially on the docket. Patrick Sertain senior is going to be Florida state's next defensive backs coach uh, going into the 2023 season, 11 years in the league. You know what he's done down there in American heritage, coaching one of the top tier elite schools in the country at the high school level, definitely down in that area down in Florida, where there is some, really good competition. He is now going to be coaching for Florida state in that secondary group, which is a lot of young talent, a lot of proven talent too coming back. But this is a pretty, pretty big hire for Florida state. And also what he was able to do with his son, who was an absolute baller going into, I believe the Denver Broncos, if I'm not yep. too crazy. Yep. So just to see what he was able to develop and then also do that American heritage, develop those guys. And they look more college ready than anything. There's a lot of stuff that you do like about this. And then even on the recruiting side, Dustin, which you can probably explain, explain a little bit better. As you said, coming in as the next defensive backs coach, probably going to get the title as defensive passing game coordinator as well. Cause that was something that Marcus Woodson held in his previous role. Um, defensive assistant for the Miami dolphins uh, this past year, Obviously, right now they're in the playoffs, so it seems like he's going to be joining FSU. Once that playoff run is com uh, complete, Dolphins are going to be playing this Sunday against Buffalo on the road. So that should be – it's going to be a tough one. But prior to gaining this year of experience at the NFL level, Logan kind of went into it a little bit. But spent nine years at American Heritage High School, one of the, the South Florida powers um, down there in Broward County. Was promoted to head coach in 2016 and, and led them to a 65 – and 10 record between 2016 and 2021 three state championships uh was around constant constant talented recruits i mean you know the list goes on from from his own son marvin jones jr uh damari brown man so many guys have come out of american heritage over the years and gone to programs across the country and, and you know with that experience as a high school coach down there in south florida that means he's built some really close connections to other guys that's going to help Florida State immensely 
on the recruiting trail, I believe. And this hire is already generating a ton of buzz from, from some recruits that we've talked to and even further into it played a, a new Orleans native who played at Edna Carr high school. Logan, you want to? Yeah. yeah. Is, that a, is that a, where Dustin Hill played football there? That well, guy? Yeah, but that's where greedy Vance is from. That's why I was oh, referring I got to that wrong. Movie. Dang it. Dang it. Yeah, that's right. That's greedy Vance's place. I should have known that. So, yeah, you get some Louisiana ties out of this. He played his college ball at Southern Mississippi. So you get some Mississippi recruiting ties out of this. Those are two areas that Florida State has been involved in since Mike Norvell arrived in Tallahassee and obviously the vast South Florida recruiting connection. So a huge hire for Florida State, um, a proven developer, a guy who has proven that he can connect with high school recruits by you know being a successful coach at that level. And I think you've got to be really excited, not only with what he can do on the recruiting trail, but also as a developer of talent and going to be interesting to see that balance as things move forward here and certain officially becomes a member of the program. We're still waiting on that official announcement from Florida state. Yeah. We got the little Mike Norvell bat signal though. I like that. He get, he did that pretty quickly. I was within 30 minutes too. He, he made sure he got that out there. But he's obviously super excited for that hire. I, I just think you see, you see Marcus Woodson, he goes off to do Arkansas, and we've said it so many dang times. Mangerbell always has a plan in B, C, D, E. And I, I think this one had to have been uh, known for a little little while now. And Florida State you know, makes a big name hire that maybe not a lot of us were expecting in time. But I look at the talent now that he gets to come in and work with, and development is something that was highly stressed and talked about throughout the season. And you know, going through the review of the season, we've been bringing it up, you know, Florida State, if they are going to move on from uh, a coach, it might be Marcus Woodson. They just want to see more out of that, including recruiting. But I'm just wanting to see, you know, Azare Thomas, you know, what can Patrick Sertain do with a guy that has shown us so many signs mm-hmm. of special talent? And you saw it there at the end of the end, you know, the Oklahoma game. We saw it all throughout the season, him getting more playing time, more playing time, more playing time. And we saw it in practices early on. What can Sertain do with a guy like Azra Thomas and some of the younger guys, even some of the safeties that are coming in, but primarily at the cornerback position, which he has a really nice track record of developing and putting guys into the league and, and doing it and different levels. And it's now going to be in Garnet Gold. Definitely. And, and there were some other names on the board. You know, we talked about Torian Gray over at South Carolina. He ended up getting a, a two-year extension and a raise from the gang, the Gamecocks, and uh, also Mike Trier, defensive assistant, defensive backs coach for the New York Giants, was another hot name on the board that had some connections to Fuller from their time at uh, Marshall, and he was also a guy maybe with some recruiting ties in South Florida. Was the recruiting coordinator at Marshall as well? I know Florida State at least gauged Trier's interest in the job, and you know they, from what I heard, the number they offered was very generous, but he elected in the end to stay with the New York Giants, and maybe that led to things progressing uh, with Patrick Sertain. But regardless, Florida State, they did their their research on this hire, checked all the boxes, and, you know, it seems like Patrick Sertain could be a good one in Tallahassee, not only, like I said earlier, as a developer of talent, but also as a recruiter. And uh, some recruiting reactions just early on here, five-star defensive back K.J. Bolden in the 2024 class said, I think it's a great move for the program. Um, one of the best prospects in the 24 class, four-star wide receiver, Chance Robinson, said that's huge. He is a family friend of mine, and that really brings attention to the local talent here in South Florida because he's a recognized name with credibility behind his name. Uh, you've also got 
four-star defensive back, Jordan Johnson Rubel, who said, I feel like it's a great hire. He's an ex-NFL player, so he knows what he's talking about. Also, he molded his son into a great corner as well. So that's a big thing for me. Um, and then moving on, Edwin Joseph, Florida State signee during the early signing period, got his comment on the hire. Um, he's set to enroll at Florida State in the summer. He said, I feel great. I feel like he will push me and teach me a lot of things that I need. I feel like he's a very hands-on coach, and that's the type of coach I would love to play for. And then finally, I'll end it off with this one. Ashton Hampton, guy who's got some ties to Florida State, through his father, said, a very amazing hire from Florida State, considering the players he has coached, and I'm extremely excited to try and build a relationship with him. So some early returns from recruits in not only the 2023 class that have signed with Florida State, but also in the 2024 class that Florida State maybe wasn't on the radar before when you think of a guy like K.J. Bolden or some of these other highly touted defensive backs. Now you bring in Patrick Sertain, and that interest level is rising a little bit. Florida State, get them in the door and see what happens from here. It's interesting to see the rivals and their reactions, though. That was probably one of the they weren't happy. fun parts about it. Yeah, the uh, screenshots of message boards across college football, Florida and Miami, there, and then just regular tweets were out there. And they weren't too too happy about this hire and, and not happy with what Mike Norvell did, but it is what it is. And, you know, Mike Norvell gets his guy at the defensive backs position group. And I, I'm just really interested to see how he develops some of these guys and definitely the corner corner spot with Renardo. And like I said, Azrae, it should be fun to watch during practice because that is going to be a competitive group once again. And, you know, it was good to see Jerry and Jones put the check mark out once the news started breaking and seemed like he approved of this hire also. So uh, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, let's jump into, uh, well, another announcement of some good stuff on Florida State side with another defensive end coming into the realm at the defensive line. Delu, you were actually able to interview him during his visit. Gilbert Edmond from South Carolina, another a fan base that certainly isn't, a fond, isn't fond of Florida State and what's going on here under Norvell with all these transfers coming over here but and having success. But two years of eligibility, you know, Florida State talked about earlier, Jared Verse coming back, but you're able to add some more depth. I always think there's some certain position groups in football, Dustin, but you'd probably agree you can never not have enough edge rushers, definitely in the college level when you can and have more numbers than the NFL. So what do you think, Dilo, of this and the grab that Florida State is now going to have with Coach JP and Adam Fuller and Odell Hagens? A big pickup, another grab for Florida State. Um, out of the SEC, joining Jaheim Bell, obviously coming from South Carolina as well, and Keandre Jones, the offensive lineman who Florida State was able to add from uh, Auburn. But Gilbert Edmond, a, a really high potential defensive end who started to kind of realize some of that potential this past season while with South Carolina, played over 650 snaps in the SEC, which obviously everyone knows is one of the best conferences in the sport. So gained some really good experience against some tough competition, um, ended up recording 39 tackles, nine tackles for loss, and two sacks while appearing in all 12 regular season games, 10 starts uh, with South Carolina this year. Didn't play in the bowl game while he was evaluating his options um, for a transfer, obviously. But, yeah, a big pickup for Florida State. Leonard Warner moving on, graduating after the season from FSU. So there's a spot to fill in the defensive end rotation. And regardless, you know, Jared Verse obviously coming back. We'll see if Edmonds able to work his way as a starter opposite of verse or whether that goes to Patrick Payton or Derek McClendon or, or someone else 
in that defensive end room. But regardless of who starts, Florida State, they really love to play that four-man rotation at defensive end and depending on the situation, the, the situationals and everything. So I definitely think Edmund is going to have a role on this defense, how big of a role to be determined by how things go during the spring, over the summer, and then in fall camp. But regardless, this is a guy for Florida State who's not only going to impact the defense this season, but also for the coming seasons. And you get, you know, a guy who's going to grow at that spot alongside another guy who has a ton of potential and Patrick Payton. So those, those two guys together over the next couple of years, you know, you're not just looking at this year, you're looking at years to come as well. Yep. Definitely helps too with having those extra ones to help develop. I and mean, if you can do that and put them along Pat Payne and a guy that we've seen some signs of growth near the end of the season with Byron Turner, mm-hmm. Junior, just seeing that right there and having that in the room, it's it's going to help too. I, I think just competitively wise, you know, you know, Gilbert Edmonds, he's going to find out it's these practices for Coach Atkins and <laughs> Odell. They're going to they're going to go against each other quite a bit. I mean, it's almost every practice where these guys are physically going at it competitively. But uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. But Edmund, come on in. And I think too, you're seeing a JP line here of guys that they're going to put into the draft you've already done it with Jermaine Johnson. You know, he'd had his time there. Yes. Georgia. Yes. But he comes in for a year has the success that he did. And then now Jared verse comes in and Jared verse wants to be coached by JP. And now he's going to stay for two years, which I think is huge for him. Developmental wise, he's going to be first second round at the latest for, and two years time. And then, you know, now look at Pat Payton. There's just JP starting to get, get it going here and it's working out really well. So I mm-hmm. don't blame Edmund on saying, Hey, why not? Even if I've got a couple of my South Carolina guys here with me. And kind of to your point, that was a big pitch for Florida state in this recruiting process. Like you said, have already had tremendous success with bringing in defensive ends out of the transfer portal, developing them and then sending them off into better situations, whether that's Jermaine Johnson becoming a first round pick now in the NFL Keir Thomas, I know he went undrafted, but still with the Los Angeles Rams right now. And then uh, Jared Verse, who clearly has a future at the professional level, potentially would have been a first-round pick this season, but is coming back to Florida State to solidify his status as, an, as a top-10 pick. Yeah, a top-15, top top-10 pick in the, uh, the 2024 draft. So Florida State, they've got a proven pred- uh, pedigree of developing these transfer edge players and Edmund, the next in line there. And he also said in his interview, it it didn't uh, hurt that the student union, the new student union over at Florida State is going to have a bar in it. (laughs) I do like that (laughs) comment. I do like that comment. That's interesting to me. (laughs) Could you imagine? Hey, Gilbert, what you doing over there? Well, let's talk about Florida State's new pipeline because South Carolina, you've got Jamie Robinson, Keir Thomas, Jason Turnitine, Jaheim Bell, and now Gilbert Edmund. So five players in the mm-hmm. last three years that have come to Florida State from South Carolina. Who's next? Yeah, who is next? Who is very next? Yeah, Jaheim is someone that I wanted to try to squeeze into with Tony Tokars earlier, but just mm. didn't have enough time. But, you know, that's someone I couldn't imagine is probably just licking his chops along with your other tight end that came in. Morlock, mm. I think, with having Kyle there, Jaheim, there's – Tony's, I know, got to be pretty stoked for next season. But, yeah, that, that that definitely helps, too, having another edge rusher come in, I think. We can never have enough. Uh, let's end it off. I think there might be 
a couple more, but the one that I do want to mention is Malik McLean. This mm-hmm. one, kind of a surprise. I wouldn't say, yeah, I guess a it would, yeah, a it's, def- it's, def- it's definitely a little bit of a surprise. I think maybe you could name some others ahead of him that you think would maybe move on. But Malik McLean, man, now practically felt like a veteran just because of how much playing time he had two years ago in 2021 coming in as a true freshman. But seeing him stay, obviously he could have maybe entered the transfer portal before the 2022 year stays, competes alongside a lot of the other guys that were with Florida State beforehand. He stays, has some pretty big plays, you know, makes an impact. I will say he's an impactful wide receiver for Florida State. He got a lot of playing time this season. Is going to go ahead and put his name in Tessa Waters in the NCAA transfer portal, D. Lou. I've, you know, we, you and I, you know, got some kind of scoop on him heading into his first year at FSU. He was going through practices and kind of, had a while to adjust, I would say, to maybe Mike Norvell and the process alongside a lot of guys that were new to this and what Mike Norvell was bringing in Tallahassee. He was one that took a little while to maybe stay focused towards what he was needing to do. And then, boom, we see him at some of the open scrimmages. And, wow, holy crap, Malik McLean is getting about the most playing time as much as the quarterbacks are getting during it. And he's he's making plays, and he's like, okay, hold up now, Malik McLean. And then he ends up playing as a true freshman starts games and then obviously this year uh, I would say he it's an impactful player that you lose offensively but the good part about it though Ron Dugans has a stacked room he's shown a lot of upside during his first two years at Florida State I don't remember if it was over the spring or if it was during fall camp where he was just having a really tremendous stretch and I was looking at him and I was like man this is a potential star in the making for Florida State on the outside. And I know it didn't all come to fruition in Tallahassee with Johnny Wilson stepping up and growing into something special and Micah Pittman being that solid veteran, Ontario Wilson being a guy who had been here forever and having a a really standout year for Florida State. So, you know, it it didn't come to fruition in Tallahassee, but I think wherever Malik McLean does end up, there's definitely star potential um, to be tapped in his skill set. But when it came to things at Florida State, kind of makes you think a little bit of Treshawn Ward in that running back room, you know, deciding to look elsewhere and eventually landing at Kansas state, just maybe not enough guaranteed opportunity entering 2023 with Winston Wright expected to be back um, on the field this spring, hopefully. Uh, And then a bunch of other guys, Kentron Poitier, Darian Williamson, you mentioned it to Tony, you've got five-star Hakeem Williams coming in. You've also got four-star Vondravius Jacobs who, you know, is going to be a really yeah, good yeah. one for He's Florida State as well. Time. And, and heck, I'm looking over here at my list. I forgot about Ja'Kai Douglas and Deuce Span. So, I mean, yeah. there's just so many numbers <laughs> at that unit. 11 scholarship wide receivers right now, even though Malik McLean has decided to move okay. on. So, uh, still a lot of numbers for Florida State at, at that position. And, you know, last offseason, I feel like I would we would have discussed this maybe as a catastrophic loss for Florida State. But we saw some real developments from this unit. Some real talent is coming in to Florida State at the wide receiver spot. And it definitely hurts to see McLean move on because he didn't realize his potential at Florida State. But they've got a lot of good guys in that room as well. Yeah, and I, I think I'll be honest with you. I had I think he understands his maybe potential. It's just he he doesn't that, that's a lot of rotating, man, and you don't get a lot of playing time. I mean, you you're 
you're putting yourself more at risk of not getting playing time. And I understand definitely like Treshawn Ward, happy for him. I'm so glad in the position that he's going into with the, their star guy running back going on, moving on to into the league, go take that opportunity. And I think the same way is probably for Malik McLean. That's what the coaching staff is hoping for him. And I'm wondering if that's going to be the only player though, in that room that, that we see that happen. I'd, Guessing not, in my opinion. Definitely once we go through spring, things are going to shake up as they usually do. So we'll be keeping a close eye on that. But, you know, I'm wishing Malik McLean the best of luck, just like Treshawn Ward and getting his new opportunity up there at Kansas State at a really, really good opportunity and be pulling for both of the, these guys wherever they end up landing. And there were a few other names too. Rod Orr over to Toledo. I know that we put that out. Um, I'm missing Feaster to Memphis. Yep. George Wilson to FCS Campbell over the weekend. I think that's it for now, but I believe if I'm correct, eight players so far that have left Florida state have found new landing spots and you've still got six guys now with uh, Malik McLean entering the portal today who have yet to announce a transfer destination. There have been a few polls out, D. Lou. Just mention these real quick. I don't think Tony really looks at them. Maybe he probably, maybe he sees them on Twitter, but I take it that probably not going through some polls and stuff. Maybe, but there's there's been a few out there on ESPN's way too early ranking. They put Florida State at number four there in the top five, I believe, ahead of Alabama. Also, I, I wanted to kind of you did it. Dustin, but you know, I wonder how Tony and the coaching staff looks at this now because the way that you send your message going into a season has got to be maybe a little bit different, or you keep it the same, just because of the approach that Florida State had in 2022. Not ranked, not really anybody looking at at you. Cool, you got the LSU home, the, the LSU season opener type deal, yada yada yada, but nobody's really talking to you. You'll be on national media, but no one's expecting a whole ton. And then boom, ten wins, and you put together a really nice improving season I, I just wonder what the kind of difference is going to be for this team just mental wise and that's going to take a different turn for Mike that he hasn't really had to preach as much anymore since literally arriving in Tallahassee and that was kind of my point I don't know if I worded the question right but yeah Florida State they were flying under the radar entering the season <clears throat> I think I can't remember exactly what the ACC projections were, but they're picked to finish tied for fifth in the ACC Atlantic or something wild like that at, at the beginning of the year in the preseason. And instead, I mean, even on this show, you know, we thought Logan was overly optimistic when he predicted Florida State to go eight and four. And I, I picked seven and five. But, um, you know, you could say Florida State overperformed their expectations this year. They were more of the hunter. And now entering this offseason, Florida State kind of the hunted with all of this hype surrounding them, all these players coming back, getting a lot of buzz. They're going to be at the forefront of that national picture. And every team on their schedule, you know, they're already thinking about Florida State because of what this team is bringing back in 2023. And, yeah, I do think you have to attack it a little differently because you're going to get every single team's absolute best on uh, this schedule in 2023 because they know what you're bringing in. There's there's not going to be any types of surprises this year, so it's going to be interesting to see how not only the coaching staff but the roster as well kind of operate through those expectations and how they deal with the pressure. 
Certainly does seem like, though, we will be back in Orlando for a top 10 matchup. I will say that definitely has that kind of vibe to it. And what a way to kick off that year. That's going to be wild. Going to um, maybe, I'm trying to think, there were anything else that, I think there was, yeah, we'll go through the rankings real quick. The AP poll put in Florida State at number 11. The coaches poll put in Florida State at 10. So you can officially say Florida State finishes the 2022 season as a top 10 team in college football, man. Just, just, yeah, we'll put it, yeah, we'll just give them 10. We'll just give them 10. Yeah, that's where it's going to be put everywhere. And then, you know, now Jordan Travis has a Heisman website that's up there, you know, getting a lot of love there. I, I don't think Jordan Travis is a national home name to everybody yet i don't think he is yet he's put on some really you know really impressive spectacular kind of performances definitely on the national stage i just don't think he's a household name like a cj stroud uh for hence or maybe i'm trying to think not even the tcu tcu kid i'm Maybe, yeah, Bryce Young. I, I, I just don't think he's in that those realm of names yet. And I think Florida State doing a little bit of marketing on their side, helping out. Why not? You know, why not throw it out mm. there? And he's already got the stats, and he's about to break a lot of ridiculous Florida State quarterback records. Just kind of you're hinting and, and telling Tony Tokars during the interview about the most touchdowns for next season uh, from a Florida State football quarterback. Like there are some big records that he's already broken. He did this year, and he's about to next year. I think it. I think it's great. Why not market a Heisman campaign? And the thing with Jordan is he just he doesn't care about doing the extra hoopla to try and draw attention to himself. He's worried about you know his play on the field, his his role as a leader for Florida State's team. I saw the interview today uh, with ESPN. He was talking to Andrea Adelson and another reporter. But Florida State, I guess, was apparently trying to send Jordan Travis out to. Los Angeles to the national championship game to get him on the national stage a little bit, start build a little bit of that Heisman hype, but he ended up declining the trip because he just wanted to stay, stay here and be around his teammates and focus on the goals that matter. And I think that just says a lot about Jordan Travis. You know, we all know how good of a player he is on the field and what he's developed into at Florida state, but also the kind of person he is to block out that noise and, you know, they're focused on winning a national championship. And I, I think Jordan Travis would be happy if a Heisman came his way during the course of that pursuit, but that's not the ultimate goal for him. And, and he's looking at things that are bigger. You're muted. You might just want to be his campaign manager after that, right there. That's pretty Tell good. Joe to give me a call. <laughs> yeah. You might have a new gig. Who knew this politics? Uh, anything else that I miss? I'm sure there's something, but I, I know there's usually recruiting things that I'm definitely not close to knowing, but anything else? That's all I really have on my docket. I would just say recruiting opening back up this weekend. I believe it's either Friday or Saturday that the dead period officially lifts, but Florida state planning to have some talent on campus this weekend, going to have some guys throughout the month of January. It seems like Uh, The weekends are going to be what Florida State calls their junior days where they try to get in a bunch of underclassmen, guys from the 24 class and on down for visits to to go ahead and start evaluating and building deeper relationships with some of these guys. So you can expect January to be pretty stacked. And Tony kind of alluded to it, but February, a dead period. And then after that, I mean, it just really turns up for 
the rest of the spring and, and the summer. And with Florida State this year, you know, a, a proven product, 10 wins. The staff has entrenched himself really in Tallahassee now for the coming years after a successful season like this. Uh, recruits pay attention to that. And there's going to be a lot of talent coming through those doors um, at the more these next couple of months, whether it's for visits or for camps in the summer, going to be an exciting time. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's pod. We're looking forward to having more guests just like Tony Tokars all throughout the year and even throughout the rest of this month, maybe heading into uh, you know February and on, definitely going into spring. So now there's a lot of time where there's more availability definitely even maybe for some current players. So I'm going to try to load it up for you guys and try to bring some coverage and really get some inside, an inside look at Florida state football and Mike Norvell's program, which is on a train ride to seems like some success here and could be a gigantic 2023 for the Seminoles. Yep. And it, it begins right now because the tour of duty starts this week. Yeah. I think that's on Friday and I don't want anything to do with that. Every player that we've talked to, even just side conversations after practice, just asking, you know, what, what's worse, practice or those fifth quarter drills? And that's that fifth quarter drills. The guys do not like that. So best of luck to them. I am not going to be involved in that. So we'll just sit here and talk about them. And yep. 6 a.m. on Friday, I'll still be sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 155%. <laughs> and, you know, this is also my favorite time of the year where we start seeing some guys posting some some you know growth some some gym picks you know i don't want to kind of sound like that but like they're going to show some growth and some muscles and some mass and we're going to see some new weights maybe some heights i don't know we could see a hiking william i don't i don't know we're going to see some cool stuff one of my favorite parts of football so now that i sound like a creep let's end off this podcast appreciate tony for coming on here and spending a lot of time with us on a busy work day so shout out to coach uh, Tony Tokars, Florida State's quarterbacks coach. And also, D. Lou, appreciate you hopping on here. VZ, I don't know what the score is up there at Wake Forest, but hopefully Florida State is able to come away with that one up there against the Demon Deacons. D- Dustin's shaking his head. Yes. I'm like trying to see if they well, – You made it sound like they're up by like 20 or something. I was about to say, okay, they're doing good. It's going to suck, though, if they're losing. When you bring up the score to – it's. Bob Miller's. It's nine to nine. Does Bob Miller have all the points? That's what I would be expecting right now. Bob Miller was not in the starting lineup, so he actually has not touched the floor yet. It's only been about three minutes into the game. Well, that goes to show how much of basketball I know, nor I don't know. Don't know. They just uh, tipped at like nine o'clock. So tough scenes. Well, yeah. Appreciate everybody listening. We will see you guys next week on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Y'all have a great rest of your week and weekend. And enjoy the NFL playoffs. See you guys.